Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. And good morning, Lakeshore. Welcome back to Tax Insights here with Jeff from Hawkins Ash. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning, Terry. So let's uh, let's jump right in, my friend, and let's talk about uh, what's new this week uh, as it relates to taxes and COVID nineteen. Absolutely. So before we start, though, I got to put a caveat on today's show. So we actually recorded last week's show on Wednesday, and it was airing on Thursday because you know of our schedules and how um, you know how that went. And uh, it was crazy how many things changed just in one day from the Wednesday we recorded to the Thursday that it actually came out. So this week, because of our schedules, we're actually recording this on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time that, that the people hear it today, um, things may change even more. But right. this is what we know as of today, Tuesday. So if we circle back to last week's show, uh, what is new with the extended due date? So what we know this week is that both the tax returns and the payments are now extended automatically from April 15th to July 15th. Last week it was just the payments, but over the course of the last week, they've also said that the tax returns are extended. Now, Wisconsin and Minnesota have extended the date, but some other states haven't. So if you're outside of Wisconsin and Minnesota, take a look at your states. The first quarter estimate, which is usually due on April 15th, that's also due on July 15th. But the second quarter estimate for those that pay quarterly estimates, is still due on June 15th at this time. But I think that may change. But for right now, your second quarter estimate is due essentially before your first quarter estimate. Hmm. And all the dollar limits that we talked about last year or last week, that's all gone away. And a new thing to add is that, you know, as of today, any kind of IRA or HSA contributions for 2019 are still due by April 15th um, of this year. So what is new right now with the sick leave? So as a reminder um, of what we talked about last week, the Act provides up to 80 hours of sick paid leave for COVID-19-related reasons. You know, I like to think about this uh, rule in tiers. And in this case, we essentially have two tiers. The first tier is if you are directly affected by the virus. So in this case, you would be eligible for up to 80 hours of sick pay at your regular full rate in most cases. Now, there's a daily limit of $511 per day, but most people won't hit this limit. The second tier is if it doesn't affect you directly, but you have to care for somebody else that is affected by it. In this case, you would still be eligible for up to 80 hours of sick pay, but you're pay would only be two-thirds of your regular rate. And once again, there's a daily limit here, which is $200 a day, which most people won't hit. Now, clearly, there's much more to this, but that's the basics of what we know. Since each individual circumstance is different, uh, it's difficult to get into details on a short show like this. All right. So last week, we also touched base on the extended family and medical leave part of the act. Uh, Let's go over that one more time for our listeners. Okay, sure. So um, this is similar to the Tier 2 that we just talked about, but it's for a longer period of time. So if you are unable to work because of a, a need for you know, care of a child whose maybe school is shut down or daycare provider is shut down, and you can't find someone else to care for that child, you may be eligible for up to 10 weeks of pay. 
Now, similar to what we discussed earlier, that 10 weeks of pay would only be at two-thirds of your regular salary or up to $200 a day. Now, with this one, I think it's probably ripe for, let's call it interpretation. So I think that there will be more regulations coming out on this one for sure to see who's eligible and who's not eligible for this 10 weeks. Right. Now, are these payments still expected to be reimbursed to the employer in full? Yes. So other than timing, it should not cost the employer anything from what we can tell at this point. Any payments made to the employee will be reimbursed through payroll taxes and through the Form 941 federal tax deposit. And anybody that has payroll knows that they have to do a federal tax deposit, and that's where this will get reimbursed through for the most part. Now, the specific rules will be out within 30 days from when the act was signed, so we'll know a lot more about the actual employer part probably mid-April. All right. So last question here, Jeff, because time is running out. When can a sick pay start to be paid out? Do we know that? So we think we know the answer to this question. At this point, we believe it's effective for sick pay paid on or after April 2nd of 2020. So anything paid out before April 2nd is kind of under the old rules. You'll use your old sick pay, you use your old, um, you know, your old PTO policy that you currently have, not these new rules. Now, there's three parts of the bill working its way through Congress as of today, which once again is Tuesday. And I'm sure we'll talk about that next week. But I also want to talk about the sick pay um, credit from the employer's point of view. We talked a lot about it from the employee's point of view. So I think we have lots to talk about over the next few weeks. Absolutely. Uh, again, listeners, we just want to remind you that this show that is airing on March 26th, uh, we're actually recording on March 24th. And so a lot can change over the next 48 hours. Uh, Jeff, in the meantime, how do people get a hold of you at Hawkins Ash? I think the best way is to go to our website, Hawkins Ash CPA, and we're putting a lot of things out right now on both Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Jeff, thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Learn more online at hawkinsashcpas.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs, part of your business, part of your life.